Hi, and welcome to the Dewing Grain podcast. Dewing Grain are independent and local grade traders. From seed supply to harvest movement and storage contracts, they can offer you the best strategies to achieve the highest prices for your harvest. Each week on our podcast, we begin with the Dewing Grain Market Report, giving you up-to-date information and analysis, followed by Farm Chat, where we catch up on agricultural issues with a guest or two while sampling a beer. Andrew's favourite bit. So let's start with Andrew Dewing and this week's Market Report. Welcome to the Market Report. What follows are my thoughts or gut instincts on what the market is going to do. It is not an instruction to trade. Any decision to trade is yours. Market report for week commencing 30th of August 2021, Bank Holiday Monday. It's not a day for everybody to have off by the look of it. We've got a weather forecast which is allowing farmers to combine, albeit around about 16 to 17% moisture as opposed to 20 to 24, which we had previously. It's a difficult harvest. Everybody is generally not very cheerful. You'll see that the market chat again this week is Ben, Webby and myself. The only highlight being those two having a pop at each other and making me laugh. So we'll go through the ins and outs of what's going on with Harvest in that chat. So straight to prices, Aussie rape. If you've got some Aussie rape to sell for a spot month or for a forward month, phone us up. We'll give you an outrageous price. Just chucking out there 460x is like chucking it into the ether because nobody's selling it. It's tucked away. And who's thinking about rape when they've still got stuff in the field to combine? As far as feed barley is concerned, 165x standing on your head. Lots of people trying to buy it. If you, again, seriously have got some feed barley that's in your way, then most people would happily bid you fairly aggressively for that. So it's a very much a seller's market on those commodities. Malting barley, boy, that's a difficult one. There's some real excitement to come, we'll call it. Some of the samples are not that pretty. And one man's meat is another man's poison. So we've declined some barleys that other people said are okay. We've accepted some barleys in that other people have said are not okay. It is as simple as get the sample out of the trailer, look at it, do the germination test, see how many have died or have got black discoloured grains and or fusarium, etc. There is definitely a not very pretty crop out there everybody accepts that who's actually looked at samples i think looking at it on a piece of paper it's a wonderful crop but unfortunately that is only for graduate trainees or people who are accountants you've got to sometimes get your hands dirty and look at the crop which most of our people do but yeah prices are very firm i mean immediate movement is what it is if someone moves it they've got to pay storage and haulage on it If you can wait just that little bit, you'll be getting 200 plus for your spring barley. It is a very not sure what the rest of the crop is going to be like type mood at the moment. When everything is quantified, then maybe we'll all feel better and a bit more relaxed and there'll be enough barley to go around and the price will drop off a bit. But right now the nerves are jangling and there is a large slice of the crop still in the field. As far as wheat is concerned, we're talking about 180x for harvest movement, immediate movement, and that would go straight to a store where there would be drying charges to help get the stuff into condition, where we've got a couple of people we're aware of that have put 20-22% moisture wheat into a shed, and they're trying to get it down with ambient air, and the current moisture content somewhere around about 25-26, and it's getting hotter. Good luck with that one, that's called delusion. It is not going to get dry in that state. You need to own a dryer 
Aside from that, we've been taking in some very, very strange moistures as people are beginning to get a bit worried about getting the stuff in. And don't forget, if you leave it, the amount that you lose in weight as the kilo weight drops down is about 1.2% for every kilo per hectolitre that goes. And that becomes critical as the grain moves from being starch to sugar. In other words, when the Hagberg goes, the grain starts to shoot. Very quickly, that kilo weight falls away. You know, an eight-point drop in kilo weight per hectolitre is about 11 12% drop in yield. That is significant. So that makes the cost of drying it look very cheap. So let's just keep that in mind. Anyone young who hasn't seen a wet harvest before will not know these things. Some old heads will be saying, just get on and cut it, boy. And you can't quite work out why. Well, it is definitely the first loss is having to pay a drying charge. It will secure a much bigger yield. So wise words from a wise old fella, get that combine out there, even if it isn't under 15%. With that, I'm sitting looking in my office window at a great big crane in my yard. Hopefully the magic new or second-hand fan that we're sticking on the top of our dryer is going to work and we'll be able to work at full speed because we've been limping the last few days with half a fan. Yeah, it hasn't been much fun because there's been some very wet crane delivered. So hopefully tonight and all over the weekend we shall be blasting away and catching up with some of the stuff that we need to get tried. So with that, let's hope we have a really easy week's combining. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening. Please remember that any decision to trade on this opinion is yours. The Dewing Grain app will keep you updated with real-time industry news, data analysis and insights into the market, giving you all the information you need to make informed trading decisions. A commodity selling feature enables you to source prices and receive direct offer notifications informing you on what Dewing Grain are looking to buy and at what price. Search Dewing Grain on the App Store or Google Play to download and with all of these features in your pocket, you'll have more time to sit back and listen to our podcast. To set up a trading account with us, call 01263 731 550 or email info at dewinggrain.co.uk. And now it's time for Farm Chat. Today it's another one of those chats in-house because there's so much happening in the harvest that we need to discuss those points. It is the most important issues that we address as we go through what can only be described as a difficult harvest. We've got two bottles of beer out and three glasses and Ben hasn't got a beer. They're in the box in the corner, Ben. Right, Ben and Webby. This is how it begins. The most cheerful moment of the day, that was. I'll start with how it is at Aylsham Grain. We've got a fan broken on the top of our dryer. The dryer's been running at half speed for the last couple of days. The stuff coming off the field has been anything as high as 24.5%. And there comes a point when, you know, it's simple maths, you can't keep up. Luckily, we have a crane coming in the morning and we should be up and running at full speed again. But I can't describe the Aylsham scene as being much fun in the last 24 hours. No, not really? really. I think the guys will enjoy a beer tomorrow night, hopefully with the relief of having the dryer. Because, I mean, farms have been craning in pretty hard. with uh, Massively hard. We... And funnily enough, when we said, well, can you slow down intake yeah. so we're ready for Friday, this has been our busiest day yeah, on intake we've like had. Panic. And it's been pretty dry, hasn't it? It's been like 21%, something like 22%. Yeah, happy we? days. Yeah. Yeah. 18.7 on the bridge a few minutes ago. Someone was really happy about that. Yeah, I've got to say, if you put a quiz question out there, you know, what would the members of a farmers' cooperative do when you send a message out to all of them saying, right, we're in trouble, the dryer's broken and we're sitting behind. The night before the repair comes along, what do the members do? A, hold back and say, we'll help those boys out. 
or B. <laughs> Quick, get it in there now! But not only that, we also had a, an interesting altercation with a local today. Only in the sense that, you know, if you buy a house next to a grain store, you have to be surprised that um, they get busy at harvest time. It was time. a little bit awkward when I was chatting to the lady outside the window. I was trying to be really polite. And uh, because the ground level's outside, she was quite a bit lower than me. And my crotch was almost at head height. Oh, she gosh. had to point out that my flies were undone. So she's obviously staring at you. Yeah, but the best bit there was, she said, oh, I think you're flying low, Ian. And you just looked at her, looked down and went, oh, yeah. <laughs> and did you fly up? Didn't even turn around. <laughs> anyway, so that wasn't a deliberate uh, go away, we don't care. But it is a bit of a problem if you have a grain site built in the middle of a field in 1981. And then 40 years later, someone moves in that year because the council has allowed loads of houses to be built all around you and tell you that there's lots of activity and noise. I suppose it's different to a normal year because boys have been... I mean, we do night shifts anyway as part of the course, but we're not generally drying as much through the night shifts, are we? No. I think the real fun is going to come this weekend, bluntly, because Bank Holiday Monday is uh, Bank Holiday Monday and everybody has Bank Holidays off, don't they? (laughs) But uh, we ain't having Bank Holidays off this week. It's going to be carnage here Sunday, Monday, because the forecast is sunny with a northeasterly. It's going to be cold. It's not going to be wet, wet grain. It'll be sort of mildly wet. But, uh, yeah, they're going to be going for it because the forecast just doesn't improve for East Anglia. And sadly, there's a lot of combining too. I mean, there's some big acres knocked out at the moment. Well, we've had it with jam on in Norfolk for several years. On the podcast the last couple of years, we've been quite glib about it and taking the mickey out of other people. So we'll take it on the chin. I mean, we've got kit that can cope with it. It is just there is an awfully large number of fields still standing and a number of spring barley fields that are definitely not standing. And I think, that you know, being ahead of the game in terms of deliveries coming into store, we are rejecting or downgrading a number of samples coming in because we're seeing the germination slip down. And it worries me that we've seen the true extent of the damage. Some molsters have addressed the issue and gone out there and looked at samples and gone around and really got to grips with what this crop is all about, which I think is a very grown-up thing to do. But one or two of them haven't even seen any samples at all, I don't think. They're just sitting there on a contract spec going, uh, You'd think with the rain and the weather that we've had, they'd be on the road shacking around looking at what there is. Well, I'm telling you, everybody out there, there is some germination issues. We can probably sort some of those out with the kit that we've got. Fusarium exists. It absolutely is there. And if anyone goes, oh, I'm super fusarium, it needs to be scientific. It needs to be on Don and yeah, Zon we, tests. We talked about this last week. We did do but we did Don and Zon, and they're fine. Well, we they? keep doing it at this point. But visually, you can see pink grain, and that quite often sends some intake points into frenzy. But visually, they're not that pretty anyway, are they? Regardless of what is said on the bag type thing. Yeah. Visually, some of them are fantastically good. And we had one guy come in, and we said, no, that's not good enough. It's grown feed. And he said, oh, I won't say them name of the merchant who have looked at it and said no that's good enough for them well yeah it probably is it's really borderline i hope it is for everybody concerned but we had to make a call on it and we said we thought that load was feed we made it in 94 i think yeah but you know you have to draw a line and it's all borderline so we shall see we know that will be somebody's hero and someone's villain but uh, hopefully whoever the farmer is it will go into malting and good luck to them Anyway, just before I say anymore, we are drinking again from the very kind gift from Tom Rivet from Bannums. You know, we're still in the otter box, hidden in my room. That's why they survived. All the other beers in the fridge or in the other room have been drunk, and these secretly were tucked away. So we did manage to have some beer on site to have this beer. So cheers, Tom. Yeah, that's very good. But obviously we need to put the call out because we're now low for next week. So that's it. The call is out there, listeners. We need another good ale. It's not a bad beer. 
I quite like it. That's no, good. I mean, we know it's good, don't we? Had that conversation. Moon, yeah, Moongazer Brewery. Yeah, we love it. I've never tried um, Moongazer Jumpers, one of my favourites. We had a barrel of that last year. Yeah. And that went down pretty quickly. Yeah. Jumper, Webby. <laughs> right, moving on. What other tales of cheerfulness can we give people? Oh, it'd be nice to talk about something <coughs> cheerful and chipper, but there's not a lot on the scene at the moment, is there? Well, I mean, markets are still firm, aren't they? So you've got to be... Yeah. Ple- everyone can be pretty pleased with that. They're volatile, there's no doubt. God, the swings we've seen this week yeah. just on London wheat have been phenomenal. Yeah, I wonder what the other main driver is, Russia. I mean, there's, again, going back to the Twitter sphere, which is uh, sceptical, but, I mean, half a tonne crops in a region of Russia. Is that why it's up to date? I mean, the market was £3.50. It was a Thursday I, evening. I think that would be what? some of the... That'd be news, Russia. Yeah. But there was a Romanian, there's 6 million tonnes, not whatever that was. I think it's the spring wheat area, is it? Not the Volga region. It's, there was, I can't remember where the area was, but, yeah, not yeah. far away from the Volga. <clears throat> yeah, Andrew was right. Romania have gone and said they've got another massive crop yeah. of feed wheat to and go Bulgaria, with Bulgaria. And yeah. to go with Bulgaria. Okay which we talked about last week. Mm. So, you know, these regions, yeah, okay, they're not going to replace what Russia could lose. But, yeah, the Russian story definitely has a bit of momentum. It's beginning to feel like it is going to go up. I've got to say my gut instinct recently has been that it's come to a point where trading is occurring from farm. And I know other parts of the country have got, you know, their shirt sleeves. It's sunny. People are cracking on with harvest. And so there is a fair bit coming to market. But I think, you know, there is a volume to be traded, I think, while people sort their stores out. And especially if there's a bit too much... Over here, there's going to be way too much damp grain that has to be moved. People can't keep it above 17% moisture, and I think that's what we're looking at. We've had a lot of inquiries about what will the consumers take it up to. Some will take it up to 17 some won't take it that high. But that is going to become the key issue. The September book will be well supplied with people letting wet wheat go. But we've also got farmers now coming in with wet wheat and taking dry wheat out to meet some of their later contracts, haven't we? Yeah because they can see that they're not going to get an opportunity to cut it in a condition that allows them to store it. Yeah, I mean, surely you don't really want to be sitting on grain any higher than 60 and a half, do you, really, for a period of time? No, this really does score the goal for central storage oh, at yeah. the moment, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's it's ochratoxin you've got to watch out for. Damp grain, stored for a long time. See Joe Beardshaw. <laughs> buying store space. The point is, though, if you have got it above, you know, it's just say the market goes to 200-odd pounds a tonne into the new year and everybody always should have held it till then. If you're trying to sell something in February at 210 pounds a tonne and it's stinking mouldy crap, then you're oh, in trouble. You ain't going to get anywhere yeah. that net. So I think there will be a push of people yeah, selling okay, pre-Christmas. Yeah. I think up to Christmas, there will be an abundance of grain. I think a lot will depend upon the planting conditions for next year as to the mood of the market beyond then. If we have the same scenario as last year with a wet autumn we're going to have a very very bullish market going into the spring because it just the sentiment's going to drag it there it's hanging around or getting towards 200 again now the future's closed tonight at 195 something i think six six traded towards the close so 196 at the end so if you take that through to may that's 201 202 so x store against 200 pounds a ton And we've kind of gone through the bit where people sold at that level, so there's no one fresh coming in. The next goal for us is 200x for Nov. That's a huge number. It is, unless the price goes to 220, then it's got sort of Mm. okay, isn't it? Going back to the old argument is yields haven't been disastrous. Okay, they're not bumpers. We're seeing average, probably at best. Yeah, yeah. 200 quid, that's good. good. It's really good. You make money at that. Even let's talk about malting barley, dang red malting barley. Malting or feed barley at, I don't know, 150 nearest damn it. I mean, it's probably firm in that place, but into yeah. a store distressed. Still not bad. Yeah, no, that's good values. 
I'm nervous. I'm nervous about trading Motley Barley up here with what we're seeing on the spec. And I appreciate when I mean, we've had some rejections. We've had looked at stuff that other people nearby to us have rejected. We've actually seen some ergot in some spring barley, which I hadn't seen up to today. The only ergot we've seen is in the rye crop. But yeah, I must admit, I don't think if I had malting barley, I'd want to be trading it like Jan, Feb, March, April, May, June. I think if I was to give a good piece of advice, if you've got stuff in the barn that you've obviously got to get it dried down to go to a malster after October the 1st. But if you can do that, I would get on with getting the sales in place. You know, if you're getting £200 a tonne, I don't expect it to be dramatically higher than that. I know there's other troubles that could happen in the world and Canada isn't in yet and so on and so on. But let's be real about the spring barley yield. If you've got a good crop, take the price is my view. Harvest immediate movement has been 180x with us and is happily in that place. One or two people paid thruppence more here and there. One or two people are now focusing on getting it moved as well. So I think the well-organised buyers are grabbing that tonnage while they can. But once they've got their tonnage secured, I think there's going to be a much cooler market and it won't be so easy to get quick, efficient movement and you've got to look at the quality of your crop. As uh, talking about quick and efficient <laughs> movement, has the pressure on haulage kind of eased now? I haven't followed. There was obviously the letter that went round the trade. I won't mention the store, but a letter that went round with a 10-day delay on yeah. getting lorries. Is that eased? I don't know. What you well, we don't know, but I mean, let's be pretty frank. Around our stores with our pet, are you right there, Ian? Your lash rash is back, Ian. It's very pink. Anyway, with the haulage around the stores, we've managed to get stuff moved. And the hauliers have kept up, actually. Yeah, they've done really well. I mean, hopefully we make it easier for the hauliers because it's they just kind of pile it in and it's a simple system, isn't it? And short hauls. So, yeah, we haven't felt the pinch too badly yet. Well, you know, I know you're beating around the bush, but the two good things about Camgrain, who is who you're talking about, the two good things about Camgrain were quick movement and quick movement. Now they can't do that, so there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I always remember Philip Dark telling me that Alton Grain was a Mickey Mouse company once, which always makes me laugh. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> I think that's a bit of a sore there, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's funny. How, how much do they get charged per ton is the real question. As ever, Andrew doesn't bear a grudge for long. <laughs> Oh, Andrew does. Anyway, <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't pick him up on his colour, actually, now we're on it. Because he's red as a beetroot, isn't he? Ben is. Yeah, he's incredibly red. Has he got the lash rash as well? you got lash rash. Yeah, honestly. Some honestly. dodgy beer. Ain't dodgy beer. It's lovely beer. Look at me. I've just got blood pressure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, getting more cheerful then. Oilseed rape, there's nothing to do on that. It's all no, done and no. dusted, yeah. isn't it? We're waiting for £500 a tonne and that's at the end of that. Nothing new to talk about, really. What is there? Oh, wait. Hang on. No, you see, there is a lot to talk about on rapeseed. The interesting thing has been what India does. So India is the largest consumer of edible oils in the world, isn't it, Ian? Yes, they are, yeah. And frequently the Indian government likes to muck about in their economy fiddling with the import tax on edible oil. Yeah, well, they import a lot of palm, don't they? Huge amounts of palm, don't they? But they've got an issue. They've been trying to support their domestic industry and said to farmers, right, we'll put the import tax up. This will help you guys get more money for your domestic soy. But, of course, now prices have rocketed. Edible soy oil in India, the price is ginormous. So they've started reducing the tax, haven't they? I haven't followed the story, but, yeah. So, well, I mean, that's going to be more consumption of palm, then. So, yeah, there should be more consumption of palm, so that's bullish. But then we had that bit of news today from Indonesia saying they were going to increase their... Ethanol inclusion of palm oil in their biodiesel, but they're not going to do that now because again the price of crude oil at highs. Yeah, but crude oil's gone down, hasn't it? So it's cheaper them to stay as they are to keep the economy going. Again, it's this food fuel. Yeah, Uh, it's just going to be like that all season. 
It's going to be very tetchy. So the message from India is... Actually, strange enough, after we had the bask in a few moments of glory, but after last week's podcast, the bean oil market absolutely tanked because there was a Reuters announcement after Biden was talking, basically saying he's going to drop the biofuel mandate. I mean, it was a bit of a cock-up because the market then reacted and dropped like 5 or 6% on bean oil. Then the market closed, and then they actually came out with a comment that Biden is actually going to bump them up. So Reuters kind of got it wrong. COP26 saw the planet. You know, the Extinction Rebellion types are out on tables in the middle of London again, aren't they? Are they? Yeah, apparently so. So, I mean, I'm not expecting a sort of disruption in Aylsham around our grain soil, except for the local resident who doesn't like the noise. But what would we do with them if they came down here and stood on a table in the middle of the road? I dread to think what the farmer members would do coming in with their tractors and trailers. We had a bloke once about, I don't know, 15 years ago who came on the Weybridge who declared that he wasn't standing for this, all this noise and all of this dust and all these tractors and trailers in the middle of harvest. Again, he's a guy who just moved into the housing estate that's just been built next door. And um, the site manager at the time, this is no, this would be 20 years ago, because it was Joe Mallet. Joe was a guy who was, um, he didn't need to articulate particularly well because his message was clearly put through with a look and some words that were special from that East Norfolk area. And <laughs> anyway, this bloke said, and he parked his car on the Weybridge, and Joe said, no, wait, mate, yeah, no sweat, no sweat, no sweat. He shouted across the yard to the boys across at the growers and said, just bring that heavy chain over, will you, mate? Bring that chain, and can we have the digger? And didn't say another word, and you know, he said, oh, I got the chain. So he started walking towards this bloke's car with the heavy chain. And this bloke said, what are you doing? He said, I'm going to drag your car off the Weybridge. <laughs> and he said, well, you can't do that. He said, watch me. And he said, you've got five seconds. Again, you can't drive it off, or I'm going to drag off the Weybridge with that thing. And it was like two-second standoff, and he just got in his car and drove off. I think, you'll hear more of this, he said. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'd be surprised if that resident comes back after Ian with his fly undone in front of her. But anyway, you never know. I'm pretty sure we'll get another visit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Not just for the open fly, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Ian, that's brilliant. Right. So we've just had a little chat amongst ourselves about should we carry on being miserable gits? And, you know, there is other parts of the country that are genuinely in sunshine getting on with this harvest mm. and having quite a good time with it. So let's be grateful. The jocks, they're having 26 degrees and cutting it. And, are they? Yeah. Not totally convinced okay. their yields are where they want them to be. Okay. And I'm not totally convinced their quality is as good. But there's plenty up there that's going to be good enough. And I think, you know, it depends what happens next. You know, Aberdeenshire is getting cloud and grey coming off the, you know, the North Sea just the same as we are. So they're going to be struggling to get down with the moistures as well. So, yeah, it's, there's a long way to go yet with what has left to be cut. And a lot will depend on how good or how bad that is and how tolerant monsters are if they're looking at the samples. But we've got to find a subject to prove how secretly cheerful we are. And I'm struggling. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm struggling a little bit. We have had the misery like rammed down our throats sort of every day for the last 10 days. So it'd be nice to have something a bit more. Well, it's just, you know, the light-hearted side of being a storekeeper is... I think I've even run out of things to take the piss out of Ben for. Have you? Well, no, not really. He had a haircut today. Got away with that, didn't he? It's a very good haircut. Yeah, they've pulled me down a peg or two on my haircut. They're really kind to people when they've got a little (laughs) thin patch at the back. Webby is crucifying me on this one. He's absolutely. Sadly, my Turkish barber also went a bit too close on the eyebrows. The, the other, well, the other bits, yeah. You've only got half an eyebrow, but apparently you're saying that it's not that. It's apparently they're grey on the outside. Yeah, that's because working with you, Ian, has made me go prematurely grey. <laughs> the stress levels are unbelievable. It does look very smart, Ben. 
thank you. Mind you, you do your own haircut, don't you, Ian? I do. And I you're think... very good because you get the pudding bowl out of the kitchen and you Come put on, it on top of your head bad. and then you cut around it. And what yeah. does Niall call you? Porky Blinder. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a good point there. Oh, was it? oh no, sorry, no, it's uh, Tubby Shelby from the Porky Blinders, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's lighthearted. Yeah. <clears throat> anyway, so long range weather forecast for East Anglia continuously. Mm. We might have some sun and cold weather and no rain tomorrow and the next day. So 17% moisture grain, that'd be good. The stores outside, the guys with a broken dryer have been fraught. There's no denying it. You know, that's not easy. Tomorrow, fingers crossed, it's going to be great. It's going to be back business as usual, kind of steaming into it and, yeah. But also, having said that, the guys out there have done really bloody well. They've just kept everything going, haven't they? Yeah, have, yeah. And we're going to have a throughput that is probably, well, we're 21,000 tonne store. I suspect we'll have a 30, yeah, 35,000 tonne yeah. year. Yeah. And that's the difference. We turn it over. We're providing the service from the guys who have, you know, some storage here and some elsewhere. We allow them to bring wet in and take dry out. Because, I mean, most farms aren't geared up for a harvest like this, are they? Which is fair enough, because they get away with it eight years out of ten. It's two out of ten that it goes wrong. The question is, I mean, and probably for the younger, guys i mean the last three to four harvests have been really easy and they probably thought what a fuss these old boys talk but you say that those are what have been the trade 12 years 13 years i haven't known a harvest like this have you anything like this yeah there was one year that we had a wet one and it was a real job to put grain through a site or two sites but we've always always finished before the elsham show which is would be this monday what in the last 12 years i dispute that i think it has been a little bit after then I mean, the early days here, it was, you know, 2001 springs to mind where it just was miserable and it kept going on and on and on. But what we have to do is just is keep coping and, and, like, pretending that we're not running hard underneath the water with our little swan bodies on top. But it's been tough because a lot of people are trying to make the right decision. The one decision I must say to any young buck out there who hasn't had a wet harvest is if you wait and wait and wait for the stuff to be dry and the kilo weight at the moment is sound, once the kilo weight decides to go because it's effectively germinating and you lose that weight very quickly, every one kilo per hectolitre gone is about 1.2% yield loss. And if you wait a week in a time when the stuff is deciding to make that move, the difference between 74 kilo weight and 67 kilo weight is 10% yield loss, just like that, maybe a bit more. Plus, also, obviously, you're getting claims, you know, sub-72. It's an enormous cost. And probably they're going to be drying it later on. Yeah, so we had one young lad said today, you know, I I don't know why they keep going, you know, why don't we wait? And I said, because your yield is going to be decent. Mm. If you're drying this stuff at 19%, your kilo weight comes up. If you dry it once the kilo weight's got beyond a certain point, it, it just becomes lighter and fluffier. It becomes completely awful stuff. And that's why the consumers claim off you. So you do need to crack on if you And we have seen sprouted grains as well, haven't we? We've seen a couple, yeah. Largely the wheat is standing up straight. Because it's cool out there, it's not going wrong. Yeah. So at the moment, there's a lot of positives still out there. And the forecast looks like it's not going to ruin that. But... We're looking at another fortnight to three weeks worth of combining where we're at at the moment. And that's where we're relying on an awfully large amount. And the forecast for two weeks, although the Met Office says they can't give a reasonable forecast beyond five days because of things happening in the Atlantic, whatever that means. I read that this morning. So the dynamic is more of the same, not much rain. So hopefully they can just cut it at 18% and, you know, take the drying charge. Well, I was going to talk about something different to cheer everyone up. We're doing really well in the cricket against India. Really Really? well. 
in what way? Sorry, I haven't watched the India cricket. yesterday. Tra- all been, bowled out for 78. I've been trying to work today. Oh. Have you been watching the cricket? <laughs> Make it too easy. In between answering your phone, Ian, for you, I did manage to have a look at the cricket. Go on then, what's, what's the story? Because what's, what's <laughs> you're classic on the phone. Phone rings, Ian looks around the room and goes, Oh, that's such and such on the phone and doesn't pick it up. <laughs> uh, the cricket. Deep India were all bowled out for 78 and England are currently 350 for five. Oh, that's tidy. unbelievable. Day one. Day two we're on Day now. Two. So yeah. there you go. There's a bit of happy news. Thanks, Ben. What else was on TV? And <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, right. Okay, cricket good. Anything else good? Is anyone watching the news? I can't watch no. it. I, this no, is, that that is yeah. really grim. You know, where are we going to? Anyway, right, okay, chaps. We are in a war footing at the moment in this harvest. We've tried to drag ourselves up to cheerfulness to make you all feel happy. I'm sure you're more than capable of that yourselves. You know, rejoice in the price. Rejoice in the yield being okay. Rejoice in the feed base if your Monty Barley Fowl is going to be 170-something. So if you live your life by price, happy days. Other than that, you know, long-range forecast, no one can tell you what to do. I guess the next train of thought is going to be after you've got the combines in the barn is am I going to be able to plant next year's crop in good time without it being next March before I get on the land again. Oh, this is, surely this has got to mean a good autumn, hasn't it? It's got to be a great planting season. Did he call me Shirley again? Shirley. He yeah. did, right. Yeah, <laughs> Shirley. It has not it long is. enough to be a Shirley. <laughs> <laughs> which which one <laughs> the one out of my nose or my ears <laughs> no anyway so hopefully it is going to be a good autumn there's our optimistic if you chuck it all in the pot it isn't that bad is it no, like all the bits you just listen across there it's like yeah we are living a very privileged life let's face it with that have a fantastic week's combining in bright sunshine everybody outside norfolk Cheers. Catch yeah, we've got to go. That lady's back looking for Ian. Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe to get new episodes as they are released and follow us on Twitter. We are at Dewing Grain. Call Dewing Grain on 01263 731 or email info at dewinggrain.co.uk. The Dewing Grain podcast is produced by East Coast Design Studio in Norwich.